Hello, hello, and welcome back to Reload Podcast. I'm Nigel Lamont. I'm Connor McCann. And I'm Lee Maxwell. We've got a lot to get through this week. You join us live from the Reload Bunker. Yep, we're in hiding. We're sitting in hazmat suits and uh, with alcohol gel and antibacterial soap everywhere. We're trying to stop Lee drinking the alcohol gel. (laughs) (laughs) But the show must go on. We'll talk more about uh, the C word later on. That's a bad thing to say. What? The show must go on. Because we'll learn about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think positive, Connor. Think positive. Pick your words. So, as normal, we'll talk about news. Or we'll talk about what's going on in our lives. So, Lee, you want to crack things off? Sorry, sorry, that sounded a bit... (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to discuss things further? (laughs) Yes, Lee, tell us what's new there. (laughs) Connor got very excited there when I said that. (laughs) Well, since last we spoke, I picked up my wheels for the Jetta. What have we got? So I got some Porsche D90s. We do indeed. Classic vibes. Yeah, uh, sevens and eights. Nice. Met a guy in Dublin one random Wednesday night to. Did Connor know about this? <laughs> what, what about picking up the wheels? <laughs> that guy you met as a listener? Yes. Mike from Autostad? He gave me a lanyard. He did indeed. Ooh. <laughs> no, so it was grand. Everything went uh, smoothly. My one, my fear when I went to initially meet him was how am I going to fit these wheels in the Sirocco? And then my fears were allayed when he turned up in a. Porsche Carrera with four wheels in it. So yeah. I was like, well, I can't really be a pussy about this now. 997 like, Porsche. Hold my beer. <laughs> Sorry, hold my wine. <laughs> Mike has a silver. Yeah. Yeah, silver one. Yeah, lovely. I think I've seen that before. Yeah, he's telling me he's daily in Porsches from mid-2000s, if I remember right. Yeah. Which is Living not, a, dream. not a bad Living thing to be at. Good man. Good man. Yeah, really nice guy. And we had a bit of a chat and he was recommending some polishers and stuff. So hopefully get that sorted. Yep, we can get it done. Well, I have been trying to get it sorted a little bit recently. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this earlier on. We were talking to our friend Robin on the last podcast and he spoke a little bit about trying to reply promptly to Facebook messages and get back to people and stuff. And clearly he is one of the few business owners in Northern Ireland who does that. Yeah. It's my experience over the last (laughs) couple of weeks of trying to give people money to do a service for me has not been positive. No. One... I don't want to name any company names, but one did get back to us very quickly. And the problem was they couldn't actually do the service we wanted, but they were more than willing to do the wheels. It was just that they couldn't actually do the finish that we wanted. So that was sort of ruled those guys out. Yeah. Another guy, quite prominent polisher in Northern Ireland, and he has been a disaster to get a hold of. I've messaged him on his Facebook. Then I text him because it was told, actually, you're better texting him. And that's how he deals with it. So it did. And then he said, okay, I'll check out the Facebook messages. He checked them, replied to me on Facebook, and then he came back with saying he couldn't do them for two weeks. And then I said, okay, do we book this in? Do you come back to me in two weeks? Do I leave a deposit? No response, nothing. Goodbye, sir. Yeah. So <laughs> I have legitimately been looking at sending these wheels to England to get done, which is an absolute joke. But you can't get them done, you can't get them done. Um... Daniel, the fella, I do the powder coating. He does a wee bit of polishing. I know he was last year. I don't know if he still is. Will he do a full wheel is the problem? Mm, I think he was just, he, he bought a polisher for dishes on wheels. Yeah. That's, if it was dishes, I could do them. I could do them myself, no problem. Because I've done my own full wheels, you know, with the senders removed. But doing a full wheel is a bit of an undertaking. And I was advised to have them ceramic polished, which is probably looking what it's going to be like. Because you want a high polish finish. Yeah. It's just finding somebody to do it. 
there's another guy here who's been doing for a wee while and he seems to be the only one in the north who has one and i wouldn't let him wash my dishes as in household dishes not wheel dishes he'll not be getting it uh connor anything new with you this week what you uh, not a whole pile i have been counting the pennies and all i want to do is buy a motorbike at the minute well, it makes perfect sense in the global crisis that confronts us. Yeah, well, we're all going to die, so why not just ride a motorbike? You can't know. catch coronavirus if you're speeding past on a motorbike. Exactly. <laughs> so anyone who follows me on Instagram has probably noticed I've been posting a bit about motorbikes and my story and things like that, and then just like, oh, I need to do this. But what, so, what sort of bike are you talking? Cafe racer? Nah, I want a chopper, bobber, V-twin kind of thing. So I'm going to see you in six months' time going down the A1 Jill carriageway, topless, but a leather waistcoat on. I could be seen like that at any stage. <laughs> Depends when you come around to the house. <laughs> yeah, so I want back on bikes. I have a bike that I could finish building, but I'm like, yeah, if I buy one now, then I'll have it built and I'll, well, able to ride. And more than likely, Lee's shaking her head. What'll happen, Lee? You've been building that chopper since before we met. I was 19. Yes. It doesn't even take months to finish it. it no. It needs put together and wired, but I can't find the wheels for it. I so. think all you need to do is go into your shed of cars and just go, this is what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And if I do buy another bike, I'll likely... Take it apart? Yeah. There you go. But it could it could be nice, and I could like bring it down to my dad and be like, here, throw you a few quid if you build this, and that would be a quick way to do it. But I just want... I'm itching to get back on two wheels. You haven't heard of a crowd... It's a fellow I actually used to know about with when I was younger. Called Land Speed Customs, no? No, where are they from? They're Ballygown direction. The fella used to be a, uh, a paint specialist for, oh, what do you call the company? Paint Supplier Lee? PBG? No. Craft? Oh, Car Craft? Car Craft. Car, was it Car Craft? I think it was. Um, oh. And then he done uh, scratch and scratch. Like and smart repairs, that sort uh, of thing? That sort yeah. of thing. But he's out in his own now. Land Speed, it's, uh, it's in the shed in Ballygown, I forget what it is. He actually brought a couple of choppers he built mm-hmm. to districts. Yes, I think I know who you mean. Actually, now that you no strip that. you call him. Yeah, really nice wee fella. Um, some of his stuff, really, really cool. You think people in the car scene are miserable? You want to be involved in the bike scene? <laughs> it is, yeah, abs- yeah, seriously, especially the custom scene. Like, there's there's a vast difference of people who will drop a hundred grand on a motorbike and people who will not spend a penny, and yeah. that is it. there's nothing in between. It is ridiculous. So I, for someone to run a business at that, I know guy Derek Winters in Dungannon direction, I think Derek is. He's been building trikes for years, diamond cycle, diamond cycles or diamond trikes. Um, I don't know how he's still in business. because place up at Oxford Island? No, that's, um, that was Rebellion Speed Shop, which is one of yeah. my dad's friend's old premises. And they had the same thing. They were building custom bikes and servicing Harleys and things like that. And even at it, still trying to get business in. is The, the thing that I always laughed at when I, was, I had Sky TV and I had Discovery Channel, there was Biker Build-Off yeah. America. And mm-hmm. it was just like custom parts, custom frames, money, money, money. Bike built in three months. Yeah. They'd done a UK version. I think one guy finished it. Yeah, actually. It was so basically, we have no money. I'm going to finish it when I finish it. At that stage when that was on, I'd been big into custom bikes, you know, and running about building stuff. And I'd have known all the names that were on it. But do you remember that? 
was a guy Phil. I used to follow. He there were a lot of Midlands shops. and North Yorkshire men yeah. building the bikes. Proper, yeah. proper guys. Yeah, but it's English coaches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the sheds, but they're good at what they do. But it yeah. just takes a while to do. Fantastic it. engineers, but hell, they won't be rushed. No, but you look at Orange County. A lot of them said, "I'm not putting out a finished thing until I'm happy with it." Yeah, which is right. You look at Orange and you County look at shoppers. their you look at their workshops. It's a double garage at best. Yeah, out the back of their house. I generally whereas find in America. Here's my workshop. I'm building 20 bikes. Yeah. I find the guys who's working out of a garage to be better than most of the big shops. You know, the, it's a guy that actually is taking pride in his work and one bad bike or bad publicity could kill his business. So it's going to be right. I remember uh, West Coast Choppers. Oh, Jesse James. He slagged Orange County some shocking because yeah. apparently their finished product some of their builds was a bit sketchy. One thing I didn't like about Orange County and when you're reading, they were kind of forced this way for building for tv was anything custom yeah and a lot of it wasn't actually a custom frame wasn't a custom frame it was off the shelf so they went and you buy a buy a frame buy an engine you're buying a revotech engine you kick it into this frame you go and pick mud guards you go and pick wheels you go and pick a tank you bolt it all together essentially anyone could do that yeah it just was never really for me but looking back where those guys started they built proper custom bikes and then this kind of kicked off and then I think I read somewhere that the the dad senior he had said that it was money aside was one of the biggest regrets of his life ever doing it because it ruined what they were doing. Yeah, it's not uh, a great thing. The the first season of that where they were working in the sort of back storeroom of the iron works. The, That's right. Yeah, the, the iron works is what the dad made the money at, and this was like a wee side project yeah. at the back of the, the warehouse, basically. Yeah, sort of a hobby turned business. Yeah, and just exploded with the Discovery Channel. It's ridiculous how long ago that is. I remember watching a 10-year anniversary program on it. One of the producers basically said, Senior phoned us up when it was first launched and gave off saying, I'm going to sue you. You've made my company look stupid, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And then the next day, his phones didn't stop ringing. Orders yeah, just through the roof. It wasn't what he wanted, but it was what people wanted. And he soon calmed down then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's good. You're going to be on a bike then soon, Connor. Hopefully. Well, depends. See what happens. Yeah. Um, it's been an itch of want to scratch again for quite some time, Lee. Yeah. Very interesting week. Uh, a lot of downs this week, but an up this week was uh, my brother bought a new car. And Very I had nice. to drive it. I said in a previous episode or two ago that I was test driving a, a Mark 7 Golf the, R. It was like 2016, phase your, one. The estates for yourself, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, I was impressed with it. And on Wednesday, my, I was up at the farm working on the Corrado, actually, which I now have MOT on it. Whoop, whoop. You? Um, Not that it'll matter. No, the world's going to end, so. You drive away at it. <laughs> so my brother rocks up to the yard in a basically brand new five door Golf R, fitted standard with a Akrapovich um, exhaust. Uh, he threw me the keys and we took it for a rip. Just an unreal machine. Does it sound like the other R's out of curiosity? Hard to tell with that Akrapovich exhaust. Yeah, no, well, that's what I mean, you know. And then the cabin's sound fed. Ah, so you're not getting the proper actual... Yeah. I'd love to hear it in person because the Golf R's with any, like a Miltech, don't sound nice to me. This but sounds I, nice. As I was going to say, that's a brand There's that a I've reason, never heard about. The reason is the three grand option, put it yeah, that way. Yeah, as opposed to a thousand pound. The 7.5, the facelift 7, looks so much sharper yeah, the seven. I never really thought about it until I seen it. And it's just the lines and the execution of the designs. Just the seven R is very soft looking on the front. I find. Yeah, it's dating really quickly. Yeah, 
it's the seven and a half to me is more like the old Mark IV R32 with the bigger grills. You know, it looks yeah. aggressive. So he's a happy man. Very happy man. Helped the drive, Mark. Don't let Nigel in it again. <laughs> out, for, out for 20 minutes. And I fell in love with it. It's just for a factory car. I said to him, all that needs is a set of good H&R springs and maybe a software. And that is... Bump it up a bit. I, I pushed it hard and he was kind enough to let me rip away. Um, he does the same when I give him the keys to my cars. Like, nice, no, just right. Awesome, awesome machine. It's made me think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's that addition 30? Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody wants a bat, so we'll just shut up. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that... Well, I was going to say I don't see how that car's not selling, but... Hmm. Yeah, I think I'll just... If it's not finance, nobody wants it. I think I'll have to... Trade it in? No, I'll have to take it back to higher suspension, put the 18s on, the thinner wings back on. Yeah. Sort of, I think it'll sell better that way. As a more original example. Yeah. Is yeah. Clark listening? Does he want another Mark V? Uh, don't think so. Uh, man there. He, he keeps making these hints on social media. He's messaging me flat out about you buying this Golf R. Oh, that's good, he's desperate. He is. I said... I've told him you're he, desperate he as messaged well. Me, so sorry, he messaged me, he was messaging back and forth, and then at the end he says, by the way, it's not a fire seal. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Shout out, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> have we nobody get pregnant now? What? Yeah. Have I got nobody he could get pregnant? <laughs> You'd have to sell it then. <laughs> I don't know, Connor. <laughs> we'll a bit personal there. We'll work on that, Clark. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Let's not uh, avoid the elephant in the room. Yeah. The C word. The news. What's the news, Connor? We're all going to die. Yep. Mass hysteria. I Grab as much toilet ass. roll as you can because nobody wants to die with a clean or a dirty asshole. Exactly. It might not be an option. You might have to. Yeah, this week things have escalated. Well, in the last few weeks, things have escalated and the world's gone mental with coronavirus. And what's that affected? Top shit. Aye. So we'll, tr- we'll try and keep things positive here. Uh, it's not really that positive, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, so this week we met. We have made a decision to postpone dub shed. Mm. Um, I think it's the only sensible decision at this stage of proceedings. Not an easy call whatsoever. No, it'll have a lot of financial repercussions for us and for everyone, businesses. And um, I know it's only a car show, but this situation we find ourselves in is unprecedented and it's just going to be an absolute mess. Yeah, there's not much you can do about it. It's a virus. No, been chatting to other show organizers, talking to Alex uh, from Fitted. They call theirs on Monday or Tuesday night. That's right, yeah. Sorry, th- we're recording this on the 14th today, 15th. Yes, yeah, so this is Saturday. Um, this is Saturday. Yeah, I was talking to Alex, um, they're on the same boat, they just called it, just the financial implications, the health implications, it just... It doesn't make sense. No. 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 And, and then Dan from Brook Boys, and they run uh, Brook Boys at the farm, and they've done Brook Boys at the arena as well. He was chatting to me, and everybody's re- super cool. And, yeah. You know, the community has stepped up as such. That's it. Well, people understand if they're not willing to leave their house, they're hardly going to go to a car show. Yeah. That's the thing. You're just, this week, you've just seen show after show, whether cancel or postpone. Yeah. And same even across the globe. Uh, New England dust off last night, called theirs, or this morning it might have been. Not sure on the, the time frame, but yeah, it got called um, John Hanna's Treffin Punk South show, which is an outdoor show in September. It's been called off for this year, so yeah. obviously there's people's looking ahead, and it's not just a short-term thing. It's grim, but we'll try and do as many podcasts as we can That's in the meantime. It. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll actually when finish something when and you're keep Lee happy. <laughs> That's it. That's the positive way to look at it. This means that if you do happen to be self-isolated or sent home to work at home or whatever, that means less excuses to build your project, Hunter. That's it. <laughs>
right, I'm just going to put my tin, tin hat on here. The various uh, conspiracy theories going about that it's man-made and it's been targeted. Unfortunately, at the moment, this virus seems to be just absolutely going through Italy and killing those that are weak, vulnerable and old. Yeah, someone didn't like plumbers or pizza. But I think the dark powers that have developed this should uh, develop a strain that targets the following. Oh, yes. The fo- <laughs> this is a joke, folks, before... <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I may be slightly joking. I've, ju- I've, just, I've just jotted a few things here. that The, the dark powers that developed this uh, strain should uh, develop a strain that should target people that run fake wheels. Yes. Uh, vapors. Yes. Hey. <laughs> show car tourists I'll expand on that that's basically people that air quotations air quotations uh, builds um, they come on the car scene they cause a lot of drama and hassle and then they feck off yep to go drifting oh, <laughs> <laughs> or just do something completely different um, another target would be trophy hunters yep and skinny jeans Connor would you like to add to that <laughs> I can't say much about skinny jeans but or, uh, if the virus is listening these aren't skinny jeans. They're normal jeans and I'm fat and stretched into them. So <laughs> just be aware I'm not wearing skinny jeans. Lee, would you like to add to this when I'm consulting with the dark powers and their genetic development of the... People, specifically on the M50 and the Nace Road out of Dublin, who sit in the middle lane and won't move. Never Le- mind a virus. I think you should be allowed to go around with a shotgun and just take those fuckers out. Yeah. Lane hoggers. Roundabouts. People who can't use roundabouts. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, folks, uh, Felders. Leave <laughs> the Felders alone. Some of them. An important part of the community, Connor. Relax. No, stay f- safe, folks. Uh, hopefully, we'll have our show scene back on very soon. Yeah, it's one of those ones that people are asking when he postponed to, you know, long what's happening. As long as a piece of strike. That's it. Nobody knows. And unfortunately, it's just a thing of buckle up and go for it, see how it goes. But no one knows what's going to happen. It could be blown over in a few weeks, or it could be the end of the world. On a side note from coronavirus, there's numerous football leagues have been cancelled. Um, motorsports getting a hit now. The F1 season looks to be in serious doubt now. The Australian Grand Prix was cancelled this week after a McLaren team member tested positive, put another 14 quarantine. And a lot of uh, drivers flew home. China, Bahrain, and Vietnam now have postponed. They're saying end of May, but. Who knows? Yeah, even the crowds that those events would draw would be... Hundreds you know, of thousands. I think yeah. Silverstone, that's on its four or five hundred thousand or ten in the weekend. Yeah, you couldn't have that. There's no... Yeah. doesn't make sense to do it. Yeah, so bad news for F1 fans and mm. motorsport fans in general because... Car fans in general. Yeah. Everybody. Race seasons, motorsport, everybody. Yeah. Great time to be alive, Connor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, might be for much longer. <laughs> Let's stay positive. Stay positive. Don't talk about the C word anymore. Uh, the Mark Four, Mark Four, <laughs> the Mark Eight Golf is starting to be seen in showrooms and Volkswagen. Could we give it coronavirus? <sighs> Not a fan, then, Connor. It is horrible looking. The, Have you seen that? The I launch don't a, like it. The launching model of all these. I didn't like the Mark Five when it came out, and I didn't like the Mark Seven when it came out. But it was like, oh, it's too different. I don't like it. This thing is legitimately ugly. It's horrible. The press pictures that have been released haven't done any favors i tried to photoshop one on a set of wheels and lowered to see what it would look like and it still thought, yeah it still looks like shit yeah so they've started rolling out the spring will be bringing out base to medium level specs 
Price of start twenty three grand or so, and you expect them to be in the mid thirties. Yeah, there was talk of the GTE, GTI, and R in the previous models been written off and not making them again, but they seem to be coming back for this one. Must have a back stock engine line. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the GTI is supposedly two hundred forty two brake horsepower. The R's coming. In, uh, this is summer. The R's coming in autumn three two nine. GTD is one hundred ninety seven brake. The GTE is a hybrid with fourteen hundred petrol engine. 242 brake yeah the base models are actually pathetic the lineup they have for the engines there's two one liters a 90 horsepower and 110 horsepower two 1.5 liters is 130 and 150 horsepower and in a car that big like 90 horsepower be terrible you may as well be driving the 55 horsepower mark ii yeah that'll be an interesting thing to drive but terrible. they have to offer something offer something so it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the year i see the other thing as well they have is the base spec models upwards all have led headlights front and rear well the sorry the LED lights front and rear yeah right, okay i don't know it's just something that they're mounted with a camera on the windscreen so that it'll actually like deflect the leds away from oncoming traffic so you don't need a dip now it'll do everything for you and all i just keep saying that is is that's making drivers lazy all I think of when I see that on a base spec motor is people don't have a big budget. Imagine buying a new Matrix LED headlight. When a few LEDs daylight. start to go out and you can't pass an MOT. Yeah. You know, my daily driver, the A4 to B8, it has Xenon front headlights and I've seen how much they are to replace. Yeah, you wouldn't like to be doing one. No. Yet you can replace a bulb and a ballast in it. Were those you're not going to replace LEDs? Correct. Scary. Yeah. Technology's great, but... And another technological nightmare for me is they're now coming, well, I think it's an option for them, is a 5G compatible. So they'll actually communicate with other cars with the same technology up to 800 meters away. So if they start to slow down or there's traffic ahead or anything, your car starts to slow down for you. So Skynet has become... Yeah, that's to me, that's the death of driving. I hate that. Yeah. I hate most driver aids. The one I think that irks me the most at the moment is the beeping when you don't put your seatbelt on now don't get me wrong i don't drive without a seatbelt because i'm not an idiot but if i'm reversing out of a parking space or something or just you jump in taking the, the car across the yard i'm like listen you're the machine and i am the human i tell you what to do you don't tell me what to do yeah. i can just imagine you screaming at your car I've oh yeah, it, <laughs> connor's sitting i've seen it connor's no need to the, imagine connor, it happens connor's sitting in the kitchen drinking a cup of tea watching you reverse the car going ah Ah, I hit you. Shut up. Ah. I have seen Lee lose the plot of technology. It's not Connor nice. just sitting there. <laughs> no, I'm just going home. I'm going to talk to Lee after this now about getting the head shoot off. Yeah. Yeah. That's women for you. <laughs> oh. Oh dear. We're going down that way, aren't we? <laughs> well, you didn't counteract. And my, say, my, my. You didn't counteract and say men are the same, did you? We'll talk about this later. Oh no. Just while we're on the subject of new cars and dealerships and things, I suppose this is the point to add this in because it's unlikely I'll ever be buying a new car. But on the way down here today, we passed the Skoda dealer, Howard Abrams, in Largan. Yeah. And there was this poor little Polo. Is it a Derby or a Polo Coupe? Po- polo, co- or polo Saloon, sorry. Sitting outside. Like a 91 shape, maybe older, 89 maybe. With these big stickers up the side of it saying... We gave £2,000 for this car scrappage. And it just made, made me so sad. I hate that. I hate scrappage. Fuck scrappage. Yeah, I agree. As you said earlier, it's like it's been pinned outside. like a f- To draw the other ones in, a like m- a decoy pigeon. A medal of honour should be a medal of shame. Yeah, I'm going to go. Well, I actually texted my brother when you told me that, when you got into 
I'm going to call it as a studio, it is really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I text him and I says, shame on Howard Abrahams. And he replied with, I'm raging, I had my eye in that car. An old boy drove it and I used to pass his house every day. I kept meaning to put a note through his door if he ever wanted to sell, then it disappeared. I asked the Abrahams and they said it had went to scrappage scheme and they couldn't sell it to me. I don't believe it, Egypt's. Yeah. Angry emojis. Angry emojis, he's right. <laughs> yeah, he's right. I used to see that little car around all the time. An older man driving it, yeah. obviously going into the shop or the post office or whatever. I always seen him at the post office, most likely gathering pension or something. Yeah. The way you look at that too is, he's an old guy. Maybe he can't do the clutch pedal anymore when he's an automatic. Find yourself in his situation. I get it from his perspective, but I'm going to put an appeal out there. I'm talking as if we have thousands of listeners and as if this will make any difference. But if you're an enthusiast and you have older relatives who are potentially thinking about trading in their car Ring or Lee whatever. Ringley or no seven five eight three. <laughs> but please, we're the ones who have the contacts with people who potentially might be interested in buying and saving a car like that. Or might even buy it ourselves. Yeah, well, I think I have enough going on. But do you know what? Honestly, I probably would. But then, <laughs> the way you look at it too is they give them two, two grand. Yeah. What, what's somebody going to give them for that realistic enthusiast wise? Depends on the car. Look, we, don't get me wrong. We can't save them all. But if scrap, you know, if I was scrappage is already, think how much has already gone and been lost. Sure, there's airfields full to of scrappage that stuff in England. Like. By the time we get into our 60s and 70s and we're still into what will then be classic cars... They won't be around anymore. No. The first phase of the scrappage scheme, that was 2009, was oh, it? Oh, it wiped out oh, so, so it much. It was just sacrilege what happened. Novas, Mark II Golfs, GTIs. It was the pictures of the airfields sitting with these cars and nobody could touch them because they were... They're scrapped. That's yeah. That's what a waste. What a waste. That just, I hate I remember, that. I remember being at a scrapyard on the shore road and there was a two GTI Sirocco's. And for scrappage. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Cars and for scrappage. They were getting crushed that week. Yeah, you, you think of what it takes to build a car compared to the emissions that those cars are putting out. I guarantee whatever car that they had bought, take their emissions out of the equation. The emissions to build that car will outweigh what remaining driving life was left in those cars. Yeah. Never mind that. I mean, obviously there's government subsidies or whatever to allow the dealers to do this because the dealers aren't actually making anything on the scrap cars. Hardy Abrams aren't going to make two grand on that polo. No. So it's coming from somewhere. But they can obviously afford to knock two grand off the price of a new car. Yeah. Do that instead. Ironically, Lee went to Hardy Abrams to actually look at trading in the Sirocco for something else. Yeah. And the only, they were looking at, at that time at offering me 3k for the Sirocco. And I was like, Go away. are you actually for real? Yeah. And now they're telling me you're giving two grand for it. Admittedly, my taste, and obviously I find it very attractive, but not a car that's worth a lot of money that little polo yeah the, the scrappage scheme is just a token gesture because when we bought laura's cash guy uh-huh. there was a scrappage scheme two grand payment and we didn't have to trade a car in right they just put it down the, there's two grand uh government scrappage scheme yeah so why not just knock the there two was no grand car off involved, the price but that, if you look at the paperwork for us buying it technically you scrapped a car yeah. unless so it's, the classics it's, com- it's complete bullshit yeah it is oh. anyway just, i'm cross just, now sorry it's just government trying to take Older cars off the Older road. Older polluting cars off the road. Last bit of news this week. I suppose we could talk about if any is follow Diesel Brothers and Discovery Channel. Where are they based, Connor? Utah. Well, it's Utah, that have, the state of Utah that have brought this against them. So I'm assuming yeah. they're in Utah. Full uh, red-blooded American. Yeehaw, rolling coal, boys. Oh, American um, pie loving. For anyone that man. doesn't watch it, it's essentially taking big trucks. and They do a lot more than this to them, but the general premise is jack them up, make them aggressive, and pump lots of black smoke, usually through stacks. Well, so came back to bite them this week. 
Yep. Who, who wasn't made the legal action against them? It was the Utah Physicians for Healthy Environment. They, did they buy a vehicle from them? They bought one of their vehicles to test. Yep. So essentially they were targeted because, well, more likely because they're in the spotlight of the media and found that they were 36 times more pollutant. <laughs> and in particular, 21 times more particulates were put out through the exhaust systems. That's These were... Next doing, to nothing really, isn't it? Oh, well, you see some of the cars that run around here. It's interesting, but no smoke, no poke. Exactly. These guys were obviously in the spotlight and were targeted by these environmentalists to say this is what's happening and they ended up in court and got fined $81,000. No, I'll go again. $851,000, which is the equivalent in our money of 693000 Yeah, I can read. And then I went on to read that because one of them didn't turn up to court, he obviously was having a bit of a protest and a bit of a slap it up because I'm not going near this. And they now have to pay the plaintiff, the plaintiff's legal fees, legal fees yeah. of $1.2 million. And because... That was my main point, was because they did that and didn't turn up to court. They were found in contempt. They can't file bankruptcy. They have to pay it. Lovely. So that's a big hit. I don't know what those guys' net worths are, but they're about to take a tanking. Apparently a lot of their money's from the merchandise. So what we're saying is, watch out all you Zara men in Port Rush on Easter Sunday. They're coming for you. Well, well they'll not want to make an example out of some half-wit. That's, I a lot of Why not? A lot of... Diesel rake in this country is a medal of honour for some people. It is, yeah. You know, yeah. Look, at, look at my rake. Pictures of guys sticking their face up the exhaust with the Reva D turbo. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Let the uh, coronavirus will not be one there for you know, we're worrying about. So Get a lung full of that. Just in relation to that, actually, another guy that I follow on YouTube and Instagram is the Humble Mechanic. Do you use any of you guys think you follow him? Like? Yeah. Charles is an ex Volkswagen. I don't know if he was a mechanic or a master tech for them. He's very technical, isn't he? Very technical. That, that's the nerdy side of me. Enjoys what he does. He runs basically a, a lot of advice on like how to run a garage, what to do, talks you through the like engine rebuilds on everything. He's a Golf R. He's a Gentry Yellow Golf R. He has a white VR6 Turbo Mark III, and he's a really nice, clean blue R32 Mark IV. He had the Gentry Yellow R mapped while it was still in warranty. Volkswagen found out, obviously seeing what he was doing online, cancelled the warranty on him when he brought it in for work. It just goes to show if you're in the spotlight, you're not immune yeah. to, you know, and it seems obvious, he's like, yeah, well, he did wrong and he, he fully accepts that, but it's just a case of you're in the spotlight, you just really need to be careful of what you're doing. It has ramifications for a lot of it does, yeah. people that are online, social media, Facebook, YouTube, that are doing things like this. Hence why I bleep out some of the things we say. <laughs> There's plenty of smaller scale examples of people who've been caught out lying on their insurance by you know things that posted on facebook or yeah. modifications not declared and they've looked at their pictures and their or going to track days and posting about it on social media and then their insurance canceling you know it, it does happen even on a smaller scale like that yeah you just really need to be careful on what you're putting out there but unfortunately for both those cases putting stuff out there is their business that sort of leads us nicely on today's main topic cheating connor cheating indeed yeah it does. so i'll let you lead this one you've done the research steer the ship today just like to mention that our podcast is supported once again by reload.global head over to the website reload global and check out some of the retro motorsport clothes and accessories and we're pleased to announce that we have a discount for all podcast listeners if you just enter at checkout the code podcast 15 gets you 15 percent off your order yeah so head over to the website check out our stuff some real cool stuff from the 80s and 90s motorsport Designs are mainly done by 8380 Labs in America. Would really appreciate your support. Yeah, so our topic today then we're going to speak about is cheating in motorsport. 
So probably as most people will know, for as long as there's been motorsport, there's been people cheating. There Ra- have been racers edge. Racers edge and not always legal. And as you'll find out in this and we'll try to cover, not all cheating is technically outside of the rules. It's maybe just how you interpret the rules. Smart thinking. Some of them is downright uh cheating. Yeah. Just <laughs> On sportsmanship, the other one is just trying to give yourself that advantage while maintaining the integrity of the rules. The first one we'll kick off with is an actual downright cheat, and it's probably one of the most common known ones. And it was back in 1995 when Toyota running the Celica GT4s. Yeah. Now, they were dominating, and that car for me was unbelievable. The Castro livery on it. I think a a GT4, all I think of, I was a massive rally fan when I was a teenager in the early 20s. Same here. I think a, a Toyota Celica GT4 as Carlos signs or the car quitting. It was, I think it was, a, it was the WRC Britain. That's right, yeah. And the car quit a few hundred metres from the finish line and he smashed his helmet through the back window. Yeah. Uh, Raging. <laughs> very passionate man, shall we say. Yeah, so those cars were doing extremely well. And when things do extremely well on a playing field that's supposed to be pretty level. Suspicions may come around. Yeah. I was involved in motorsport at a younger age. We raced in a series of 1.2 Novas. It had to be a 1.2 with a carburetor. No tuning allowed. Just down to driver skill, essentially. And there was one car in particular that was able to, uh, well, dominate would be the word for it. Rev very freely, did it? It wasn't rallying. It was like autocross. Uh, and I remember maybe being a bit aggressive and shunting him off the side to see what would happen. And within a lap, he caught up with me again. And I remember thinking, hmm, that's interesting when you have two identical cars there and yeah. one just went off the track. But yeah, the less said with that. And not better after 15 years, but... Somebody had a cam and a head flow, you reckon then? Yeah, it's okay. My dad might have punted him mid-chicane and rolled the car end for end. And that solved that problem. But oh, that's terrible. It might not have happened. It might have been an accident. Where might have dreamt it, Colin. Well, I think what happened was that he came in a bit hot and he hit the brakes and he couldn't get stopped and just hit the guy. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Right. Wink, okay. wink. Yes. But, yep. So, yeah, there's always been cheating. Toyota were no strangers to it. Harking back kind of the Group B days, WRC wanted to slow the cars down. Technology was pushing on. Cars were getting faster. So the quickest or the easiest way to do that was to put a restrictor over the, the turbo inlet. Restrict some amount of air and get taken into it. So it can only make so much horsepower. At this stage, it was making around 300 horsepower. Toyota came up with this plan that the restrictor, they developed these washers that when they were clamping down the intake pipe on the turbo, it moved the restrictor away from the turbo by about 5 mil and gave them a 25% increase in air, which was a 50 horsepower roughly jump. So you're essentially getting 350 out of a car competing against cars with 300 horsepower. You've got to respect that engineering. Like. Yeah, and the best thing about it was the scrutineers are coming around to inspect all these things. They're taking it off and everything looks normal. Because it's fitted as it should be. And it's actually the process of fitting it is the cheat. So when they come along to clamp it up, it squeezes down, pulls it away from the turbo, and more air is getting in. Bingo. So it's sort of you start to wonder, how do they get caught? And no one really knows, apart from the fact that it might have been a whistleblower. So that it tightened the ranks. And they get dealt with then when they get caught out, didn't they? Snitches get stitches. Toyota or the tight? Toyota. A bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they did. So... Max Mosley, who was the president of the FIA at the time, and short still of a few is, quid. no, and has probably seen every trick in the book. He actually said, "It's the most ingenious thing I've seen in thirty years of motorsport." He respects the hustle. Yeah, and while he respected it, he banned them for the rest of the season and for the following season. Was Max Mosley 
or was it him tied up like, Ger- German authorities a couple of years ago he got done for fraud or something is he not the one that was fired? no you're thinking about the, the Nazi Nazi sex party yeah. yeah is that the same guy no that's oh sorry that I'm right? thinking of Bernie Eccleston you're thinking of Bernie Eccleston <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah that's I think though, Bernie Eccleston got done for tax fraud you're probably right yeah and they faced jail but as many millionaires do in different countries do he just bought his way out of it. Oh, yeah. Yep. He, he gave them three million pounds and go away. I'd, I'd go away for that. Max Mosley, not Bernie Eccleston. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, old Toyota. The car in front is the Toyota. Aye, there's a reason Quite it's literally. in front. <laughs> <laughs> so, our second one then, moving into Formula One. Formula One, I always think is a kind of, well, I'm not a big fan of it, but I keep looking at it and thinking it's very straight-laced and everyone's very honest, but it doesn't seem that way. I, I had, just sorry, as a side note, I had fell away from Formula 1 until I started watching Netflix, the Drive to Survive series on Netflix. I actually, I hate Formula 1 and Come I started to watch it. Hell and viewing. Yeah. The first season's good. I watched the second season there this week very quickly and the first season, for obvious reasons, bigger teams didn't let them yeah. film, but the second season, they let, they let them in the Ferrari and Mercedes. I don't know. I thought the first season was better. Yeah, I haven't seen the second season yet, but the first season, like some of the mistakes that were being made, you know, and the the emotions and stuff. That was Formula One. If that was what was on a Sunday morning, I would watch it. So, 1987, McLaren team, Hakkinen and David Coulthard are racing for them. The cars are performing very well. They're turning into corners extremely well. And a photographer happened to get a shot of I can't remember which driver's car it was, but he was accelerating out of a corner and his brake discs were glowing. Now, I don't know about your brake discs, but mine don't be clamped when I'm accelerating out of a corner. And what this was, was it was like side brakes on the tractor. Mm-hmm. They had controllable left and right rear brakes, which allowed to slow an inside wheel for like essentially side braking around a corner. This is how they were getting around it. And the authorities put a stop to that then as well. It's stuff like that. You're kind of like, hmm, yeah. There's nothing that says you can't do it. It's, a, it's an advantage that you've engineered. It is. Mm. It's just whether they're going to allow it to continue or not. Our third one then, we're moving on to motorcycles. It's 1980 in the Isle of Man TT. Back then, the rules stated that you have to have a 24 litre tank. So not so much petrol you're holding. Allows for two stops every six laps of the, the circuit. Mike Grant's riding a Honda RS1000. He has a larger tank on, but the age old trick of a few ping pong balls into the tank. And when they're coming around to check the tank capacity, obviously you can't fill it up because the ping pong balls are there. They clear off, you whip the ping pong balls out and you fill up with the extra capacity. But the other secret to this tank was that the steel was so thin in it, they could actually force more fuel into it and hold an extra four litres. So the 28 litre tank, which is a sixth more than what you already had. It's almost like an expandable bag. Yeah, essentially. Now, speaking of bags, that's very close to another bag, which I would not like. <laughs> You're going to say something. <laughs> that's where I'm going with that. And I would not like something holding 28 <laughs> litres of fuel to be near my expandable bag, shall we say. <laughs> so I wouldn't like to be crashing that bike or even dropping it considering the fuel tank is so thin and full of 28 litres of fuel. To summarise, keep your bag safe. Keep your bag safe and... Non-expandable. Uh, non-expandable. <laughs> we don't want any expl- exploding bags around here. So that, that seems to be quite a common one, is throw something into the tank, and we'll hear from that again from some other people here. Number four, Smokey Eunuch is a name that if you Google motorsport cheats, this guy has written Sounds about... Like a stripper's name? So, so my friends tell me. Oh yeah, I, I don't know anything about strippers. This guy... If there's a cheat to be done, he has done it. The man is a genius. So the first one is an interpretation of the rules, shall we say, or what the rules don't say as opposed to what they do say. 
the racing Hudson race series in America, this guy knows the rules like the back of his hand. So he say he knows what they say and what they don't say. So the state they're running cast iron manifolds. They're really bad condition. They're petted. The the rough cast on them doesn't allow for smooth fuel flow. The rules state that you're not allowed to hand port or polish. So he didn't hand port or polish it. He pumped abrasive material through it, which essentially ported and polished it, but not by hand. But the rules don't state that. That's another fine example of how you're going to get around this without actually breaking the rules as such, because there's no rules against pumping abrasives through it. A bad boy, but technically playing within the rules. Yeah. My conscience comes out in things like that, and I kind of always think to myself. You think back to your choir boy days, do you? Yes, I'm a nice person, as everyone will know. <laughs> and I kind of think, if I won by that advantage... Would I be happy? You're not a very good racer then. It makes me think of go-karting tracks. Two years ago, three years ago, we used to, we used to always go to the karting and a couple of days after Christmas, a whole group of That's us. right, yeah. There was always a kart that was faster. Yeah. And if you happen to get three or four races with a fast kart. You're perfect. You're happy, you're landed. Fat boys like me love those karts. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, skinny. <laughs> but yeah, it, I always sort of think to myself, is that how you want to win? But I suppose a win's a win. Yeah. And if you're getting big sponsorship money for winning races, that's what it's all about. Number five then, we have Gibson Motorsport. And this is another one that isn't technically breaking the rules. They've went to the letter of the rules, but kind of not to the spirit of the rules, shall we say. So 1980s touring car racing series in Australia. They're running the R31 Skylines. I really like this one. To me, this isn't as much of a cheat as I would feel bad about it. It would just be more, this is how I interpret the rules. So the rules state, any car homologated with a MAF sensor still had to have it connected to the inlet on the race car and it had to be plugged in as well. So for anyone out there listening who doesn't know what a MAF is, it's a sensor that reads the amount of air coming into the car so it knows how much fuel to mix in. Very basic way of putting it. So it sits in line in the stream of the, the inlet before it comes into the manifold. So it has to be connected to the manifold, or the inlet, sorry, and it has to be plugged in. So these cars are on the aftermarket ECUs for tuning purposes. You don't want anything in the intake as a restriction. Plus, you want to run a map sensor, as it's better for on the aftermarket ECUs. So what these guys did was, yes, they took the original MAF, bolted to the inside wing of the Skyline, cut the plug off a wiring loom, so and plugged it in, and then ran a small hose from the MAF to the inlet. So technically, yes, it was connected to the inlet and it was plugged in. It just wasn't doing anything. <laughs> so it's like an ornament. Yeah, but it's still within the rules. So why not? Yeah. So I, I, that's probably one of my favorite ones. I'm just admiring the hustle here. What makes me think is, does some guy get set and employed to read the rules and be like, how do we get right? You need a solicitor. That's yeah. it. How can you work around this? They must make a judgment call going, we aren't technically doing anything wrong. It's what the penalty be of getting yeah. caught. Is it worth doing it? Yeah. yeah. I'd say those rules have to be super carefully written. Oh, and... Because I bet you at the start it was like, you must have this in the car or something. Yeah. And it would be like, you could set it on the seat beside you and technically it's in the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a perfect example there. Like, who thought someone's going to take them off and bolt it to the inside wing of the skyline and be like, yeah, it is connected. Technically, it's there. It's it, in. It's plugged in and it's connected. Imagine scrutiny in that car. I would love to hear that argument. Just turn around and go, I think you're a big smart boy, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just get him on something else. <laughs> I'll get you down the line, sir. <laughs> so number six then is... They were inspecting the Collibacky race course there. Just, uh, just... They did seem to be. <laughs> <laughs> Robin's been on the case. <laughs> number six then, Formula One 
in the early 80s had come up with swapped from v12s to v8 turbos and a lot of the v12 cars with non-turbos were struggling to keep up so colin chapman is credited with coming up with water-cooled brakes so you kind of think water-cooled brakes you see water had a hot brake disc it usually just boils off so you're kind of thinking what's it doing or what's the crack is so the water-cooled brakes weren't essentially there to cool the brakes what they were there to do was add weight for weigh-in the cars are weighed before they go onto the track they're meeting their specs because of all their fluids in it they get onto the track and suddenly in the first lap they dump 60 kilos of water all over the track so oh, you've fantastic so water's genius. a kilo a liter kind of thing so suddenly you have your part of weight advantage over the smaller v8 turbo cars yeah. once they can back off the track they get topped up with their fluids again which is totally within the rules and away you go and the pass scrutiny yep onto the track dump 60 kilos race away Back to a name we mentioned earlier, Smokey Eunuch. We talked about in the TT that the ping pong balls in the tank to take up capacity for the fuel. He went one further and in a NASCAR race, I, I've read this and I don't know how he's done it. He put an inflated basketball into a fuel tank. I could see how he could do that. I don't know. but He put it in flat with a long tube to well, inflate it, it yeah. and then inflate it. But how did he get it out again? Yeah, apparently he deflated it and pulled it out. So I don't know. You just have to stick something sharp down into the hole. I suppose maybe I'm thinking of like a road car where you have to get down through a neck where you have a... Yeah, whereas it's just a square tank. Yeah, I suppose that's maybe it. But yeah, so I actually Googled the volume of a basketball, which is seven litres. So essentially you're getting seven litres, which means less pit stops for fuel. So you have that advantage over your... Or even if you're not necessarily looking to run longer, you can run harder because you're not as worried about running fuel. Once again, Smokies on the case with the rules are that to me that's not really within the rules though is it it's definitely a cheat that one yeah there's no great techno mastermind no and there's no gray area with that that's just putting more fuel in the car so number eight takes us back then to wrc and back into the big manufacturers and this time we're looking at ford again this is one that's kind of skirting around the rules and passes on a technicality ford running the focus mark one focus and wrc mid 90s no that would be early 2000s the rules stated that all air had to pass through the restrictor like we talked about with toyota through the turbo so they developed this two millimeter thick titanium tank hidden in the car that on part throttle and off throttle situations when the anti-lag still running and spooling the turbo and creating boost that you're not actually using instead of getting dumped out gets dumped into this tank and pressurized so then when you're driving along say you're at full chat the ECU controls the solenoid between the tank and the intake, dumps this pressurized boost into the intake, and you suddenly have this, a bit like, well, best way to describe it is a bit like the nitrous in Fast and the Furious. Yeah, sudden surge. Sudden surge of power, and away you go, and then it refills itself in part and off-throttle situations. This was all done, again, technically, because the air that was filling this tank was taken in through this restrictor, so... It had already gone through it and yeah, it wasn't, back again? it wasn't like it was pressurized by a compressor or anything. And the most ingenious thing was that, well, yes, technically it is a technicality that they're getting away with it. They were still hiding it because they fitted an American spec back bumper, which is deeper, and built the tank into the back bumper so that it wouldn't be seen. Genius. Yeah. So the only thing is, it was like a, I think it was an inch or else 30 mil line running into the end of the tank. Here we were scrutinizing the cars, just bound to have seen that and went, where's that come from? I what's that about? But they were caught anyway, and after three events, it was outlawed. One thing for me is, how do they decide... If that's not in the rules, technically, like there's nothing against that modification. I would say they would see it as an act of unsportsmanship or yeah, and actively then do it that trying way. to cheat 
as opposed the regulations. to I suppose if you let things like that go, it's back to Group B again, where they're just trying to outdo each other, powered up through the roof, and people getting rode off again. Number nine again, our old friend Smokey, he's back, and he's in NASCAR again. He's building a Chevelle. When I say he's building a Chevelle to race, he's literally building a Chevelle because he built a seventy-eight scale Chevelle. So he took a car and made it seven-eighths the size it's supposed to be. This man should be working for NASA. Yeah, this guy is an absolute genius. <laughs> I, I, I bet he laughed himself to sleep at night. I, I would say he did. Yeah, that man patted himself in the back. And I mean, if you looked Sitting at something... Sitting on his porch, drinking a beer, going, Yeah, I'm idiots. Yep. <laughs> you look at anything one-eighth the size as it's supposed to be, you're probably not going to realize how... Seven-eighths, sm- not or sorry, one-eighth. Sorry, I want it smaller. Yeah. And it's supposed to be that you're not really going to pick up on it. No. But someone did in NASCAR and actually forced them to use templates to drop over the cars to make sure they're the regulation size. I think that's still enforced today. Is it? Imagine the only the reason to say that is Days of Thunder film. Mm-hmm. See when it takes, uh, what's Tom Cruise's character? Oh, I don't know. Cool. Cool oh. trickle. Okay. Rich Hill, no. Rich Hill, no. It's, it's cool trickle. Yeah. He gets the team and takes them into the barn to build the car. He sort of explains, you know, this is the base we have to build off. So there is a template. Yeah, that he has to, like a silhouette as such. Yeah. Well, there, there's your reason for it. Yeah, as you say, that man's definitely a smart guy. He might be doing work for Ferrari from the latest. Just just on the side note, Ferrari got took task over their last season's engine. There was a lot of scandal in the last couple of weeks, basically. Their engine last year has been investigated. It was a shady deal they done with F1, basically saying, oh, no, that's no, okay. And they agreed, and there's some sort of, and they won't disclose what the deal was. And the rest of the teams are going here. Where's the transparency? Yeah, so, I was anybody else. So maybe he's building engines for Ferrari. We maybe don't know. Is. Maybe he knows how to get around the rules of that too. <laughs> Finally, number ten then is again once again our old friend. He has come up with this thing where NASCAR again put in a regulation size tank. So he's not getting away with his basketball trick anymore. Everything has to be the correct size, but he installs two inch wide. 11 foot long fuel lines which they <laughs> which them themselves hold this is after the basketball yes hold five gallons each so he basically he basically says challenge accepted yep. yeah you can regulate the fuel tank size but you can't regulate the fuel lines so there he goes again with an extra five gallons on board circumventing the rules what a guy He'd so, be good for a drink a night out, Connor. Yeah, I could talk to that man for a long time. I could talk to anybody for a long time, but I could talk to that man for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, that finishes up. Motorsport cheats is something you could get lost in. There is a lot more we could have talked about. I tried to kind of avoid looking at things like hidden traction control that Schumacher allegedly did or didn't have. But things that got to me are kind of boring. It's when you're trying to skirt around the rules or... When someone tells you you can't put two inch wide fuel lines in the car, you know, there you go, work away. So hopefully you've had a, as much yeah, fun listening cool. to this as I had researching it. Respect the hustle of the Yeah, cheats. Smokey Eunuch though is a different guy. Different level. There's definitely respect to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Connor. Thank you. Uh, that was great, Connor. Thanks very much for doing all the research on that. No worries. We'll move on now to our regular question spot. So once again... Thanks very much to everybody for your input, for listening in the first place and for sending us in questions for a bit of crack. Yep, definitely makes us uh, think somebody's listened to us when we actually do get questions. <laughs> it is. It's, it's an old concept still for me. First one then this week is from Ian Agnew. Uh, he starts by saying, listening in New Zealand, am I the furthest away listener? I think he is. Aaron's in Sydney. Yes, but... So is New Zealand's further? It yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. And I think 
beyond that, we have West Coast to Canada. We've had Bart, who's been in a million oh. different countries all over he's the place. Rapping, he's rapping reload worldwide, yeah. different countries. I don't know where Bert is at the minute, but he's <laughs> traveling. I think he's actually in Egypt at the minute. Yeah, I think yeah. that was last I saw. That looks Fair amazing. Play. And with Why Dennis, not? FF Metalworks in West Canada. Uh, yeah, West Canada, but I don't think that's as far, obviously, as New Zealand. So yeah, I think Ian. Ian's winning. I think you win. Ian's doing something pretty cool. He's actually working for contractors and working his way down the islands, I think. Yeah, farming. Uh, yeah, farming work. Yeah. His other question is, uh, Revy four-cylinder on ITBs or a throaty six-cylinder? Which sounds better? I know what these two are going to say. Oh, you know right away. I'm going six. Six for me. All day. Um, It's like choosing your favourite child. It is. For me. That would be easy for me anyway. I appreciate both both aspects of it, but a nudge towards a six-cylinder, yeah. If you combine the two, OMG. I would sort of think back to videos I watched of hill climb monsters four cylinders. Yeah, or watching like bird cup videos with yeah. like oh, small, yeah, sorry. yeah, like thirteen hundred high revving eight valve engines on ITBs, and so this good. just sound really, yeah. really good. But for day to day, for me, oh, well, they'll put it like this: I'm not going to be building any revy ITB four cylinders with the cost of them, so I'll stick with the six cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question comes from our friend AJMVW, Andy. Big shout out to Andy. He knew we were talking about motorsports today, so he asks, what's your favourite rally car of all time? You want to kick us off, Nigel? I followed a lot of rallies when I was younger with my dad and brother. A Mark II Escort has a very special place in my heart, as does McRae's Bat Car. Yeah. It would be between those two, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's the... I like the fact that Mark IIs are still rallied thoroughly in Ireland. And competitively. And competitive. And as you say, McRae's car, the, the bat, is the classic shape and predza. Yeah. And that's probably ushering in the first of the real mainstream four-wheel drive turbo rally yeah. cars. The modern rally cars don't do anything for me anymore. Um, awesome spectacle, awesome technology, but just a, a different era. I'm all about... Yeah, it's the nostalgia factor. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the fact that the Escort, I'm going back to the Mark One from the 70s right through the decades... And as you say, it's still still competitive. Yeah, and ridiculously competitive. There was a Sargon Aaron rally, must have been well over 10 years ago. And I forget the name of the driver, very famous Irish driver that I can't remember the name of. And it was a very dry rally that weekend. Whatever way the, the stages were, he was competing in the top five against WRC cars. Yeah, that's that's serious going. <laughs> when you have the grip, you can do it. Yeah, I, I, the classics, the looks, the, the sound. Yeah, my dad had a few when he was younger. Um, so yeah, it wasn't his fault. Mark II Escort, I think I'm going to sway towards you. What about you, Lee? I started off thinking about the kind of more old school WRC cars and things, and Group B, and I do love the short wheelbase Quattros that were big in the rally scene, and that would be. Andy's what in. Andy's what Andy's into, but my pick is gonna be the roof chop Tuaregs, the Red Bull ones that they used in the Dakar Rally a few years ago. Right? Yeah, they're aggressive. So I remember again. watching them on TV, just hammering over sand dunes and going, "Yeah, that's what I want." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of not what I would have thought of for rallying because my mind all automatically goes to WRC. WRC but yeah, yeah, Dakar Rally, like yeah, they're their things are cool for me and probably no one would have picked this for me, would be the Citroen Zaras from like the mid-2000s, Sebastian Loeb drove. Yeah, yeah. 
two doors aras white arches big spoiler again aggressive looking I and they were fantastic looking on tarmac yeah and I have images in my head of it on like you know mountain passes tarmac rallies and just sideways like giving yeah. it to it you were saying about the modern stuff the modern one that I like and probably the only one is or was the 6R4 or sorry no 6R4 they're, they're cool uh, the 6R Polos yeah. the Volkswagen and it was because it was kind of Volkswagen's step back into WRC and they're cool looking me cars but it was developed through the Fabia race, uh, that's right yeah rally program yeah the, the Fabias are a weird looking rally car <laughs> they don't suit being a rally car shall we say but yeah same platform and seem pretty competitive next question is from Buster Conrad it's a little bit of a long one because um, he kind of ex- explains a bit about the system in America before he asks the question. So he says, in Minnesota, we don't have emissions testing like a good number of states do. If you get pulled over on suspicion of an emissions violation, the most they do is a quick visual inspection to make sure that you haven't got a straight pipe on. I've been known in the past when a cat has gone bad or simply isn't desired anymore to dismount it, put it in a bucket, insert a heavy metal rod and bust up the internals. Yes, I could tell you a few people who've done that here too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was actually talking about a living cat there. <laughs> I don't like cats either. My granddad used to do that, the farm of cat, cats. <laughs> oh dear. Different times, different times. It's a good thing the man's dead. You just incriminated him. <laughs> um, and then remount the now empty cat. Similarly, on my rabbit, that's a golf mark one for you Europeans, I dismounted the bumpers, excuse me, the bumpers, and replaced them with push bars that are about one-tenth the weight. Technically, it had bumpers. Yep. Since your country has super strict inspections, MOT question mark. Um, not as strict as Germany, though. No, thankfully not. He says, in the spirit of racing cheats, what's your favourite MOT slash inspection cheat that's technically legal, but not in the spirit of the law? I think hidden D-cat. Yeah, kind of what he's talking about there with the cat is, I know, sports cat. Yeah, sports yeah. cat. Lee's Vendo at one stage had a quote-unquote cat in it, which definitely wasn't put into a bucket and a bar beat through it to got it out. That was for a different reason, though, actually. That wasn't specifically for the purpose of cheating emissions. That was because it had a mysterious misfire fault that we couldn't diagnose. Yeah, we thought it was a block cat. and It wasn't. It wasn't, but... Spoiler alert. It was put back on to look like it had a cat, so it was yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> one... Not so a very common thing here seems to be replacing suspension. You know, if you have something that's running really low, either wind the coilovers up for MOT or replace it completely. Sometimes it's quicker just to swap the suspension out. Yeah. And put something back in. Um diesel uh, diesel particulate filters here. If they're going bad, guys will do what uh, Buster's saying there and remove it, cut the top open got it out weld it back up put it back in and visually everything looks fine and there is no way of testing that yet they don't run anything through it i've also heard of people with abs faults pulling the bulb out of the back of the cluster that used to be a favorite one of mine for mark two golfs when i couldn't get an oil light to go out pull it out yeah well timer switches yes i i have heard of people putting timer switches on them shall we say that are linked to the ignition so you turn the ignition on and they'll flash up and everything's fine and everything looks good because they kind of 
caught on to what you were saying about just taking the bulb out and now they actually look to see does the bulb function so you can make the bulb function yes it does function but i won't incriminate anyone or myself so there we go anyone else any favorites i i was gonna suggest timer switches because i do like that one i seen a guy we all were at a cruise one night and got pulled by the police everyone they were checking for like suspension being loose cut springs blah 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 and a guy came in on a citroen zara and this thing was on the ground torsion bar at the back wound down fully the front springs it was obviously riding on the front bump stops and he had springs in it he claimed so what he done was he cut the spring to the length of the compressed shock welded to the top perch and welded to the bottom perch so that when it was lifted up the spring wasn't loose so the rules state that the spring can't be loose so technically it wasn't and he got off with an advisory (laughs) if i was a cop i'd beat him to death but yeah (laughs) thankfully i'm not hence you're not a cop yep (laughs) next question from alexi lutz just says where are you from well, I'm from a town called Comber, which is in County Down, Northern Ireland. Where we're currently sitting. Yes. Reload Bunker. Home of the Spuds. And Yappy Dogs. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Pod Dog. Originally Lisburn. Now, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Disgust. Disgust. face. Yes. I, I'll Lip- have to come out eventually. Lisburn's like a posh lorn, I think. It is. <laughs> but that's not what Connor's smirking about. Yes, listeners, I was born in England. Oh. Right. Okay. Something I like to remind Lee. Yes. So, while she claims to be Northern Irish, she's English. All right, governor! (laughs) (laughs) That's better than your Irish accent. (laughs) My Jamaican Irish, you'll find. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, man, top of the morning, do you? And I'm... (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, same as Lee, I'm now in Guildford. So born in England, yeah. Not born in England, no. Jakey underscore one nine five says, "If anything happens to Connor during the coronavirus, may I have his VW collection?" Connor, if he wants a collection of broken Volkswagens, he is more than welcome because I'll be dead. You could come back from the grave and he could have them finished for you. Going by his two five, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> He's as bad as I am. You could sit in the workshop and hold them. Yep. Next question from the Russian. Drifting or drag racing? Connor, are you going to head this one? I'm going to go with drifting for me. Are we mm. talking doing or watching? That's the thing. A bit of both. I would, be the same. I would be for both because I think drifting is pushed more in this country than drag racing is. Um, that's probably why I'm more into it. But drag racing, eh, to be honest, I get bored with most motorsports as a spectator. And when I used to rally, I think it's kind of, I'm standing watching it going, I could be doing that. But for me, it was to pick watch or spect or to spectate or compete would be drifting. Drifting is more of a spectacle. I think drag racing is more of a personal thing. It is, yeah, because you can compete Unless it's a complete yourself. maniac machine to watch. Yeah. It's about you competing against yourself. The tuning of your car, drifting is an out-and-out spectacle. It is. It's a performance. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of drifting years ago because drifting over here was... Evolve. Twin cams. Yeah, evolving boys going around the corner. Sierra's, cone. you know, just different basically. Yeah. Whereas now it's just an evolution of a motorsport into a top professional and the drifting scene over here now has top, top 
drift cars. Someone described railroad events. Someone described drifters as the emus of the car scene. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's impressive. I know you're a fan of drifting, Lee. All I know is every time we go to the drifting at Tully Road, I end up really, really drunk. There's a theme here. You end up drunk all the time. Do you need a, a, a bottle of wine too, or something? <laughs> This isn't an intervention, by the way. The only drink you're problem all... I have is that I don't have any drink at the minute. You're not one to talk either, Nigel. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I have a bottle of water in my hand. It is the afternoon. It's probably what you should have in your hand. It's five o'clock somewhere, Connor. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Next question is from Eamon McGarry. He says, is there anything in the car scene you like but wouldn't admit it? Like felt spec or culture yokes? For me? For me? Hondas. I do enjoy a good Honda, but a properly built one. I have this thing where I want to build an EG or an EK. She of Bay, K-Series, totally clean, slammed over some wide wheels. Essentially a, a Volkswagen Honda. That's what I was going to say, though. That's not really going outside of your comfort zone. That's just Euro-specking a Japanese car. It is, but I want to K-swap it because it looks so good. Mine's a bit odd. It's not. It's about felt-spec. I, I don't necessarily like felt-spec, but I like the passion and the commitment they, that are they have in their cause. Yeah, passion and commitment is something that is horrendous. Well, they are, they are dedicated. Uh, yeah. Generally, you find though that kind of scene is a lot of young people in it. Yeah. And they're more dedicated than as you get older and have a family and potentially losing your license for having limo tinted windscreen and no springs in your car. Yeah. Or would you put your child in one of those cars? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, fair play to them. They, they are dedicated. I like the commitment and the passion, basically. But I wouldn't put it towards something good. No, no. no. <laughs> what would you like? It'd be a very boring world if we all like the exactly. same things. I don't know. I'd be happy enough. Different. <laughs> world full of show cars, right, motorbikes. Right, Adolf. Next question, please. <laughs> what about you, Lee? I don't know, Eamon. My answer to that question is probably, I would admit to everything, because I like what I like, and I don't like what I don't like, and I don't really care if people know that I like it or not. Mm, fair enough. There we go. No gayer. No go. secrets there. Did I say no grayer, no gay area? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I thought you said Don't no, arrest me. I thought for... you said no grey hair, and I was like, no, there's plenty of that in this room. <laughs> really much grey started room. going into my moustache now. That's a sign of being <laughs> old. It's sort of around a, a full badger effect in the house. Yeah, I had a Sorry, thing. next question. <laughs> From Ronan underscore H21. Big shout out, Ronan. You have 15k to buy and or mod a car this will be your daily slash show slash track car and connor it can't be a mark three or an r3d oh <laughs> i knew you was gonna go well, how much are r32s these days because that's probably what i would pick mark four mark five four seventy eight grand for no. a half decent one oh, this, this has to be a show car a track car and a daily yes to all you right. have one you have the perfect i'm gonna buy your edition 30 so what would you get <laughs> hit me up in the dms for sale but honestly, that what I thought about this out walking the dog this morning. I think I would buy a hit phase one Mark Seven R and then go to town on it because you could probably buy a salvage one for sub ten. Yeah, and then spend the rest on that. Perfect yeah. daily car, four wheel drive, make it look very smart and goes like hell. Yeah, yeah, you're probably all I'm there. thinking of is big miles daily. What do you reckon, Lee? See, my answer is always Mark Four R Thirty Two, but that seems a little bit boring. Show and track. Seen the track in R Thirty Two. You're seriously short of power. Mm. I know. Well, it doesn't. He didn't say it had to be fun on the track. You could be bored. My problem is I don't know the value of cars. So fifteen k to me, like I could be sitting going, "Oh yeah, well sure, I'll just buy a I'd, Porsche." I'd, and I'd buy a like, Lambo Gallardo. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, for show daily and track, honestly, 
sitting 20 feet from us, your edition 30 is ticking all those boxes. Yeah. I, and I, it's within budget. I had thought of that. Yeah. Just not make it completely slammed to the ground. Well, here, it still handles, still drives yeah, daily. Yeah, it's just the, the roads in this country, the potholes, just that's the problem. Well, how long have you ran it for that at that height? Two years. It hasn't done you any harm? Two years last month. Did you wind the coilovers back up for MOT? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> I put the 18s on and rubbed the back left arch and he complained it was too stiff. He didn't notice it was rubbing. I could have failed it then. The MOT's oh. actually up here soon, so. Happy it is. Yeah. Nova. Anova. Yeah. Well, you did daily Anova for quite a yeah. while, so I, I have Many no years. doubt that you could daily it. Two liter 16 involve Nova. No. Small block, something revving. Yeah. Do you ever drive a two liter converted Nova? No. They're very nose heavy. I oh was, my goodness. I assume. There's a dead horse in your bonnet. Ah, yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> I always said if I was building a fast Corsa, it would have been a 1600 16 valve. Yeah. On, on tune that as opposed to the heavier two liter. There was a fella back in the day in Cumber and he used to have a GTE. Cam, head work, uh, super chip, when super chip were a big thing, yeah. intake, full manifold exhaust, and it was an absolute rocket ship, crazy fast, light body, part of weight ratio, just as well as about, probably didn't have the massive top end, like, but really good car. I could see Lee in that. 15k would build me a little Nova, like, oh, it would, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with that. Connor? I'm buying your edition 30. Right, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> Sold. Gonna raffle it. <laughs> next question is from dimitri garcia very exotic that's it asks who would you want to be stranded with on a deserted island my dad survival skills yeah yeah that man could survive the apocalypse him and the cockroaches will be left i think I, the only person i could be survived with in a deserted island or deserted island mm. would be my wife because the only person who put up with me true she's done yeah. a good job so far uh me and my dad would probably fall out yeah but yeah <laughs> For hunting, fishing, cooking, building shelters, he honestly could survive the apocalypse. That yeah. man's unreal. Cool. What would you, Lee? Well, I'm a bit disappointed that you didn't say me, because I was going to say you. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward corner. Well, if you're with me and I'm with my dad, then you're sorted as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Talking about skirting the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Jez Monkey asks, worst car damage you've ever sustained and how? Somebody ran into the back of me in my B3 Passat and wrecked it. Yep. Seabirds. That's the, the worst of that was it wasn't even your fault. You're sitting parked at traffic lights. Yeah. Some stupid arse in a Peugeot ran into the back of me. And he, actually, when he got out of the car, he went, oh, I'm so sorry. I was looking the other way. Yeah. I was like, well, well good man. That helps me now. Perhaps look at the direction of travel next time you'd step into yes. a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. So that car is... That would be another Mangled. one if we could do the uh, the virus that targets specific people. <laughs> people who can't drive. Connor? Definitely was the time that I took down a lamppost with my mum's Hyundai accent. Nice. I may or may not have been speeding in a 40 zone. May or may not have been in excess of twice the speed limit. Had a fox. The fox jammed the wheel up and around the suspension. And I slid off the road. Hit a lamppost. Hit it that hard that I hit it kind of with the headlight of the car. The lamppost ended up like where the windscreen is at the passenger's feet the back end of the car lifted up spun around and flicked me back across the road and the airbags were off everything was happening i'd never been in as bad an accident especially in a car with airbags so i'm sitting there with all the dust didn't know what had happened and i'm looking around going i'm a mile from home could i get this home <laughs> initially i turned the car off in case there's a fire or anything like that and then i thought i'll try and get it home so i turned the key nothing dead it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe the battery's come loose or something. 
And then as I kind of got a bit more sense into me, I looked across and the wheel drive shaft and gearbox were lying separate up the road. Ah. So that's why it wouldn't start because obviously there's nothing really there to engage in the flywheel. Merely a flesh wound. Merely a flesh wound. There was Hyundai strewn across the road in all directions about half a mile from the police station. So I rang my dad. I told him about the fox. He was like, yeah, yeah, I had a fox right dead on. <laughs> I was like, no one's ever going to believe this story. He comes up, showed him the fox. I was like, oh, fair enough. So he rang a recovery crowd. Took them 45 minutes to an hour. Get there. I was sitting on the side of the road. Minutes were like hours. All I could think was the police. I can see the police station. I'm getting done for this. So the recovery guy turns up. He's towing it onto the, ca- the car, onto the truck. And the police arrive in like a pincer move. Two cars from one side of the road and another car on the other side of the road. All three cars with the lights on. So fast. Right down. Brakes on. Jumped out of the car as if this is like just happens if I was trying to get away. And I was like, this is obviously the quick response unit. We're sorted here. They didn't believe me that I had a fox. Breathalyzed me. And then when I actually went and pointed the dead fox to them, they're like, we did hit a fox. <laughs> so they told me that if I hadn't have hit the fox, if it had avoided it and it ran on, there'd been no evidence. I would have got done for dangerous driving. Delightful. Yep. So I got off with that and I got off without paying the replacement for the lamppost as well. But you got a bit of the bollocks from your dad when you got home? Yeah, they weren't that impressed. <laughs> Mum never had much luck with Hyundai's. The other one was written off in our driveway with the neighbour reversed into it. Mm-hmm. What about you? You're bound to have a few spills in your day? Actually, involved in crime. Um, the, the Wednesday before Dubshed, about four years ago, an ambulance drove into the back of the A4. Oh. I, I Did ha- I sell I you a replacement backlight for that when I was in your car parts? Yes. That's right. I didn't know that's what happened, but I remember yeah. selling you a backlight. Crashes. I've been in a crash where the car has rolled down the road. I was a passenger. There's five of us in the car. And I remember waking it up upside down. The fellow beside me went into full panic mode, punched <laughs> me in the face to get his seatbelt off. You know, he was just flapping like a wing, uh, bird. Is this a man that would buy 18 toilet rolls when he's told his <laughs> coronavirus around? And, uh, yeah, so I got digged to the face to sort of make me come to the senses. Waking up upside down is a bit unweird. It is, yeah. I've um, been there. We're laying upside down. It was a, like a, it's coming out of a leisure centre and the fellow driving was a wing nut and he went into this, it's like a chicane exit to carry off the leisure centre. Yeah. And I remember him speeding down the road. I was going, is he going to st- stop? Slow down? And he just, whatever way, he turned into the corner and he hit the curb and the curb completely flipped the car. <laughs> what was we the ended car? up wait. It was a... A Hyundai accent, a Hyundai accent as well. Then, now yeah, they have a good record for the old crashing. Then, yeah, woke up from that, punched the face, and the struggle to get out. The fella was in the passenger seat, he actually sustained quite a few head injuries. So, did you when you get punched? <laughs> got a black eye, you got it all right. And uh, I remember the police turned up and stand beside the car. And I remember the policeman going. How did you do that? Yeah, it's just one of those weird ones. I was like, let me introduce you to the special person. <laughs> S14OCP asks, Seven. Is there anything you wish would disappear from the car scene? He suggests sticker bombing. I think that's kind of gone now, is it? Yeah. It's not as much as it used to be a it, few years ago. It used to be a big thing and it was so... Sticker bombing was pretty cool when you had all these rare stickers. And then when people started selling sheets of sticker bomb essentially the vinyl wrap stuff was a bit meh yeah this thing of like universal bolt-on arches oh white arch everything yeah now don't get me wrong some of the pandem kits and stuff like that are really cool but i mean the, the literally the universal my wheels don't fit 
so I'm going to bolt these over to make it look like they fit. You know, something that has no thought to such in it, and it's just kicked onto the car. I hate that. A rush jog build, just suspension wheels, sell it on, next project. Yeah, a bit of hype. Not a fan of that. Yeah, I get that. I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. Not enough good looking men in the scene. <laughs> Cam- camber. I don't know. I was going to say something like trophy hunters or just scene whores. A bit like what you said, just kick a car together for a show, win a show, sell it on. It's, it's the, I dropped it off here, then I dropped it off here, dropped it off Check here. Checkbook cars. Let me uh, put it in this show. Why do I not win a prize? And like, don't get it wrong, not everyone can work on their own car. No, and there's absolutely. stuff that even I have to give in and get stuff done, but... That's okay doing that, but don't act a big man. Yeah, look what I have sort of thing. Look what I built. Yeah, don't build a car to win a show. Build a car for yourself. Whether yeah. you do the work yourself or get somebody else to do it, either is fine. As long as you build it to your own taste and yeah. f- for something that you want and you like. So, and like I said earlier, it doesn't matter if anybody else likes it. As long as you like it, it's your car. And if it doesn't win a show, well, it doesn't matter because you like it. I think if more people did that, there'd be less people upset about trophies. Reckon Ralph, our oh. friend Raffy. This, this is bound to be good. Asks, when is Connor going to marry that wonderful girlfriend of his? Connor, we said it. Yeah. Lee, have I got a wonderful girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> What's her name? Pam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your plans for tonight have changed, Connor, I it would appear. don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Thanks, Raph. Okay, we'll move on. And our last one from Raph. Why does Connor piss sitting down? Because I'm thinking about him. That's quite random. It is. <laughs> Next I don't know question, please. Is that. Oh, I have one. You have a question? Yes. You're allowed. You can't ask yourself a question. No, well, I tried to ask it last time and then I got overtaken by a fit of the giggles. I don't know how that happened. No. And uh, I didn't get asking it. So my question was for you two guys: fuck, marry, kill, Mark IV R thirty two, Mark V R thirty two, or Nissan R thirty two Skyline. Ooh. I already know what Nigel's answer is, but I'm more curious about Connor's. Mark V R thirty two is going to the bin for me. Marrying the Mark IV R thirty two, fuck the R thirty two Skyline, and kill the Mark V R thirty two. Controversial. Man's not happy. Um, I can see the Jap car going in the bin. I'm killing the Mark IV R32. What? What? Yeah. That's the E1. Marry the Mark V R32. Fuck the Skyline. Use youngsters. Use youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> You're fresh golfs. <laughs> I'm surprised. So that's the last of our questions, Lee, is it? Yes. Happy days. All done for the week. Thanks again, folks. Um, yeah. Some thoughtful ones there. Yep. Some um, abusive ones from Raf good to hear from you guys so that'll wraps up this episode of reload yeah thank you very much again for listening thank for your questions we will be back in the near future provided we haven't died yes we'll walk about in hazmat sits until then wash all, your hands everyone yeah and all going to plan we should have a good interview for the next episode yes looking forward to hearing that now so that's we'll keep that under wraps just in case something happens but yeah it should be good so just catch up with us on the socials connor yep. As always, we can collectively be found at Reload Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. My Instagram handle is at MaxwellHouse46. My Instagram is at VDubBoy. And mine's Connor McCann. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Yep. Bye. Cheers for checking out. Bye. Nice. SMR. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know, they're freaks. They're yeah. sound freaks. It's like Ru- rubbing their nipples to people talking quietly. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> rubbing the raviolis. <laughs> okay, now you've, heard, now you've heard the best intro ever. Let's get on with the show. 